0: Hi, welcome to the Axiom Podcast. This is episode sixty-eight. My name is Cameron Earhart. I am here with the amazing host Joey Brannon and our special guest Chris Williams. Chris, we are excited to have you on. Been looking forward to this conversation.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: Why don't we start? Tell us who you are, what you do, and just more about your business.
1: Sure. So, Chris Williams, uh, I own a digital agency named Agento, and most people ask me about the weird name. Uh, So I'll I'll just go ahead and. uh, you know, uh, confront that now. Uh, The the Latin term agent is a term that means to stir or drive forward. And so it's basically what we do as an agency. We uh, drive small businesses forward. Sometimes we have to stir them up a little bit, uh, make a business owner uncomfortable from time to time, get them out of their comfort zone. Um, But we we drive them forward. And so uh, we work with small to medium sized businesses, Uh, typically uh, in the service uh, and service industry. So we don't do a whole lot of e-commerce. We don't do a whole lot of product-based businesses, mostly services. um, So that might be home services, law firms, uh, uh, doctors, healthcare uh, businesses, things like that. Um, And we handle everything that they need from a digital landscape. So uh, uh, that might be uh, their website. That might be their search rankings, their uh, online reputation, It might be their uh, social media or their video marketing or their corporate photography. Um, Whatever they need, we have those pieces in-house to uh, write the content or create the graphics or or shoot the videos and produce them. Uh, And so uh, when a small business reaches the point where they need all of those things, but they might not be in a position to hire all of those different pieces, well, they would partner with us and we have all of those pieces for them gotcha yeah
2: so you you uh, in some sense i would imagine uh some of your small business clients probably look from the outside looking in you know a lot bigger than they might be uh because you allow them to to create that impression absolutely a team that they don't necessarily have to keep on payroll the whole time
1: exactly they don't have to keep us on payroll it's a it's it's a flat rate service and so they know exactly what they're they're investing each month they can prove then what their uh, what their returns look like and yeah they're able to be everywhere you know on different social platforms they can do they can be a video that if they need commercials created we can do that whatever they
0: need we'll create it it's awesome tell, tell us more about the start of Agento. how did it start when it start why did it start all right so my
1: um, my journey to to it entrepreneurism is not what i recommend to others right <laughs> um, i wouldn't trade it 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 you know, made me who i am but uh i I moved back here to Florida in two thousand and ten mm-hmm. and didn't have any uh didn't have any money didn't have any uh real friends um, didn't have a whole lot and so I ended up sleeping in my car for a, a couple of weeks um, I scrounged up some some cash, and I moved into um, the Whitfield Motel. If you're familiar with Sarasota, over there by the airport, um, not the Ritz Carlton. <laughs> I
0: can tell you that that parking um, lot was full. Cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't great, um, but it was home. And so I, I moved into the to the Whitfield. Um, sold the car for rent uh, eventually, and uh, and I just needed something to make. Uh, Money for dinner Really when I started I just wanted to (laughs) have dinner That was it man Um, And so I would had some experience In in the digital landscape I worked with a um, company That did online ordering Menus back when That was first becoming a thing And so uh, your big Major pizza players they had it And mom and pop shops did not And so we offered that that So I had a little bit of experience there um and so at the time I started the company as just simply website design. You know, this is ten, eleven years ago. That was a big deal. Yeah. You know, I'd say seven in ten businesses had a site, so there was definitely a need there. Um for for people that didn't have one. And uh so I got a night shift job at the Goodwill. Shouts out to the Goodwill, great <laughs> folks. Um and I would work midnight to eight. A.M. at the Goodwill wow. to to pay you know bills and rent and stuff like that. Right. When were you sleeping? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, uh, okay, so midnight to eight. Uh, this is at uh, I'm sorry, at uh, Boniva and uh, I was somewhere there in Sarasota, Boniva and Weber. That's what it was. Mm. And just down the road on the Southgate Circle was a commercial realtor that I found on a Craigslist. And Steve Ryder, that was his name, he needed somebody in his office to sign for packages for other tenants. That was it. And in exchange, he would he would uh, provide a small office, Wi-Fi, and a conference room. Huh. So it was perfect. I would work midnight to eight at the Goodwill. I would walk down, it was about three quarters of a mile, to the office, and I'd you know, change my clothes. And I would... Uh, run my business, you know, air quotes, <laughs> you know, until about 3 p.m., I'd catch the bus toward the motel, and then I'd get out, say, a mile from the motel, and my dress clothes, and I would go business to business. Hmm. I would shake hands and That's awesome. say, hey, I can build your website, or I can wow. help you with your social media, whatever. Um, and that kind of got me off the ground, you know, I, I moved out of the motel about a year later. Um, but, and this is a story that Joey always likes. <laughs> always, always is this likes. the locksmith story? Yeah, this yeah, yeah. It's a story. <laughs> you know, um, so I was, I was driving along. I'd gotten a car. I was on 75 and uh, going northbound. And I was on the phone with a client, and I could not hear the guy. So I took the Fruitville exit and pulled into the library there and parked the car and got out of the car, you know. And so I'm talking to the client. Everything's good to go. I go to get back in the car which is running, and the doors were locked, okay? So, (laughs) keys are inside, cars running, gas is a premium for me at the time, okay? (laughs) So I'm I'm freaking out. Um, And so I got on my phone, and I searched mobile locksmith. And the first guy that came up, his website looked like hell. (laughs) It was so bad. But he had a click to call right at the top. I called him, he came out, he solved my problem. And he got my money, right, because he solved my problem. And it hit me that it really didn't matter if you had this pretty website or if you even had, like, a professional website, so to speak. As long as you were the first thing, the, the, the first solution to somebody's problem on that list and you could solve that problem, you were going to be successful as a business owner. And so I changed everything about the business hmm. and, to, and evolved it into what it is now. You know, where we handle everything that that a small business needs to mm-hmm. make sure that they're the first thing that people see, and they can solve the problem. So a lot of SEO. Sorry, a lot of SEO. You know, nowadays it's, it, there's a lot of reputation management as well. Okay, um, and just the the, the the plain simple fact of putting a business everywhere. You know, because I I turn to Google, and most people do, right? Yep. But what about the guy that searches on Facebook or the, or, or is on Instagram all mm-hmm. day or is. You no, know, nowadays on TikTok or wherever they are, they gotta be there.
0: Yeah. So, so so when is your next book, um, Lessons from a Locksmith? When does that come out? <laughs> I should. I should. Yeah. You know what? I don't even remember that locksmith's name.
1: I couldn't <laughs> tell you if he's still in business. I have no idea, but he was there when I needed him. Yeah. So I owe him a big thank you.
2: <laughs> Whoever he awesome. was. That's a great story. I like to I wanna go back too to the um where you said you'd stop a mile short of the hotel yeah. in your dress clothes and get out and go door to door as they had you have a website. It reminds me of a story that a lot of people may not know, but the entire staff leasing industry kind of started in our backyard here uh, really? with a company called Staff Leasing, uh, started in downtown Bradenton. I believe there were four gentlemen who started it, and uh, their routine was they started their business basically on Manatee Avenue in Bradenton. Mm-hmm. And they would start in the morning, and there were two on one side, two on the other side. Actually, I think they were all working on the same side of the street, because the story was they would go door to door all the way until lunchtime. They would they would stop for lunch, and they would all kind of compare notes, and then they would cross the street and work their way back yes. the same way they had come. Yes. And they just did it day after day after day, and when they finished with one major thoroughfare, they'd go to the next. And that's how they built the business. And it's it's something that, I, you know, I think a lot of people fall prey, the cliche, build it and they'll come. You know, yeah. hey, Chris, I just need you to build me a great website and they're going to show up. But you probably had a website if you're building websites <laughs> yeah. and you still saw value in getting out there that's and, right. and proactively knocking on doors. So, Absolutely. I mean, things have changed. Uh, and depending on what kind of industry you're in. You know, like what to you today? Like what when you might be jumping a little bit ahead, but when you think about a business where you're trying to fight that that perception of just build it and we'll kind of like hey, like we can do lots of things, but you're still going to have to do your part. Like what do you see them not doing today that you wish you could kind of get them to do faster to drive some of their success?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of business owners um, don't. A lot of business owners try to do it themselves. Right, so they may be not great at Facebook ads, and they'll try Facebook ads gotcha. rather than with. In my case, I I was, you know, that stuff wasn't really around that you know that big at least back then. Um, but I was good at just talking to people. And, and side note: I still got a whole lot of nose and a whole lot of get the hell out about. <laughs> you know, I still got a lot of those. But I was good at, at talking to people, and so. You know, I would. That's why I chose to go business to business. But there are a lot of business owners that are like, "Oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go business to business." And they may be good at talking to people, but they're not gonna go business to business because they don't want to get the no, mm. right? It, take what you're good at and run with it, and what you're not so good at, admit it, and either go a different route or find somebody else to take Someone care of it. Yeah, yeah, and admit that as early as you can. Yeah.
2: yeah. So when you so now you've uh, you've got your free Wi-Fi your <laughs> conference room and um, it, like talk to us about when, when did you start to grow the team what did that look like because yeah. you know we don't look at you now as a guy who builds websites we look at oh. you as a guy who's an entrepreneur who, who runs a company which is a totally different skill set but yeah. you you grew into that with. You know, hires one, two, three. So, talk to us about how that started.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I w- I would say only about ten percent of the work we do now is even building websites here mm-hmm. in, here in 2021. Um, so, I was by myself for about two years, I and I was in that Southgate Circle office for that time. And uh, I just started to run out of time to get everything done. One, uh, and two. You know the business had begun to evolve to what it is now, where I needed more things that I couldn't do, right like I could take your picture, right, Joey, like I right. could take your picture, but i 'm not a photographer right and so uh, I started to realize that if I want to grow, I need to bring on experts just the same way as I tell a potential client hey i 'm an expert at this, hire me, I need to bring on somebody on the team that's an expert at videography or content writing or You know uh, SEO or whatever it might be. I need those pieces, or else I'm just going to build websites forever. Right? right, (laughs) It just kind of (laughs) sucks. You know. Um, So yeah, I I hired my my first two employees were content writers, uh, and that was because I wasn't a great writer, but content we needed so much of it, and it would take so much time out of my day to try to create content for clients. I just needed an expert, so I brought Mm -hmm. on two women, uh, and they. And they uh, wrote a ton of content for me. Um, now I have four writers. Uh, one of the writers I currently have is one of those women from oh, wow. from way back then. That's great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: How long ago was this?
1: This is, when I hired her it was 20, end of 2012. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right around then.
0: Okay. So I, yeah, actually, and I, I got to ask this question. So I want to rewind a little bit because a lot of people, most people, like 99.9% of people, when they're just. You know they're living out of their car. They're at the end of the road. Typically, they're gonna go around and look for a job. They're just gonna put their applications out there. Yeah. What inside of you decided? No, that's not that's not the route I'm going. I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna start my own business. I'm gonna find my own business. Is it just this entrepreneurial spirit you have, or is it something else?
1: Yeah, it could
0: be. You know,
1: a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit. So I I moved out at like at like 19, right? And I moved into a place that had a garage in it. Um, It was a little apartment. It had like four apartments in this building, and there were garages downstairs. And I had a buddy that worked at a junkyard that would sell me uh, aftermarket stereos and subwoofers and amps and all that stuff from cars that had been repossessed. So you know they were going back to the factory. He would strip them and sell them to me. And so I would sell those to friends and then charge them to install them. And so I'd sit in my garage and install. So I've kind of always had the... You know, maybe not going back to a lemonade stand as a kid or something, right? But I've kind of always had that do it on my own attitude. Yeah. Um. So maybe, but you know, I always go back to I was just hungry, man. Mm. Like, and that's not a cliche. Like literally, hungry. I was literally hungry, bro. Like, I, I really, I really wanted dinner. And I, when I lived in the motel, I, I made a habit of buying hot and ready Little Caesars pizzas.
0: Five dollars. Five dollars. Incredible <laughs> deal. It was a great deal. Yes.
1: And I would make those pizzas last like two, two and a half days. man.
0: So Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> I'm telling you.
1: So, which was great. But after so many months, you kind of like, man, I wish I could afford something else. You know, so that, that's really all it was.
2: I was just hungry. Yeah. yeah. You uh, You talk about hiring people, like one recognizes, hey, I'm not great at content writing. I can do it. It takes me too long. I can right. take your picture, but I'm not a, I'm not going to be able to do good videography. Um, and there's a humility in that of being like, hey, I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not. I know what you're good at. You're better at this than I am, so yeah. can I pay you to do this? Um, there's a certain amount of self-awareness in that. right? right? And, and being able to, uh, we always know we run into problems when the person who is hiring everybody has to be the smartest person in the room. Right. And they're like, well, there's kind of a cap on growth here, because if you have to be the smartest one in the room, business really isn't going to exceed your individual capacity. So how did you come by that? You seem to come by it pretty honestly, or maybe maybe you had a come to Jesus meeting with somebody in your life. who was like, "Hey, Chris, <laughs> you suck at this." You know, like, how would, how would you say you've been able to develop that self awareness skill set? I've,
1: I've had plenty of people say, "Chris, you suck at that." <laughs> um, I, you know what? I kind of did have a come to Jesus moment uh, in the in the motel. You know, I, I I am a Christian guy, a man of faith. I try to be a man of faith. Um, I did have a um, a night where I kind of just said, you know what, it's in your hands. So just point, point me in the right direction. I won't ask any questions. You know, give me give me some good wisdom to make the right decisions. Yeah. And, yeah, I guess one of the things that came out of that was this brutal self-awareness, right? Like I, I I realized very early on in my journey that I was good at some things and really not great at other things, <laughs> like really bad at other things. And um you know coming to that realization i think I think without coming to that realization, I don't think I would have grown mm-hmm. um, and so I always you know recommend that to especially new entrepreneurs, figure out what you're great at, and then you know understand and admit what you're not so great at uh, and then find ways to i use the term trick trick yourself um, when I started in two thousand and ten me as a person was not great with money i'd get some cash i'd spend some cash what are we doing here right <laughs> so i i had to put things in place uh to trick myself into paying bills on time or to you know making sure that if there were expenses for a client's business i paid those things up front mm. rather than doing it you know scrounging for it at the end of the dealer or whatever so um yeah, you know, I, I admitted that to myself, and and other things. We're not going to talk all
2: about all, all, <laughs> all year, all day.
1: Um, but you know, I, I admitted those things and found ways to uh, put uh, tactics in in action. And you know, Joey, I, I don't remember. I don't read a whole lot of books. I'm still working on your book, by the <laughs> way. Uh, I don't read a lot of books, but I do remember I, I read a book, and and I couldn't tell you the author or whatever, but. In there was this uh, idea that the human brain, uh, when it develops or writes down or plans out these actions that are going to make things better, you get the same chemical response in the brain when you plan it out as if you actually did it. Hmm. So what happens is a lot of people set goals like, I'm going to lose weight for New Year's resolution, right? And they get that chemical response of they actually went out and did it when they didn't actually do the work right and so i i I became aware of the fact that writing these plans down is cool but i have to trick myself into making sure they get done or else it's not going to get done so what
2: what are some of the things that you would look back you mentioned money as one um what are some of the things that you've You've said, you know, I, I have to find a way to get. I'm not. I may not be naturally great at this, but if as a business owner, or as a husband, or as a father, like I'm, I, I want to be good, yeah. uh, I'm going to have to develop this thing that I'm, and I'm going to have to trick myself to do it. I like the. I like where you're going with. Like, I had to find ways to trick myself into doing <laughs> these things because there' are things that yeah. you know, I wanted to do. I just maybe didn't have the the natural inclination. To do.
1: Like some other things, yeah. time, time management. Uh, my wife will tell you that I'm like I'm a stickler on time, right? Like, uh, and she may look at that as like Chris is really good with time management, but Chris, me, I'm not great. At, like, if, if I'm left to my own devices, uh, I will show up to things late. You know, I'll forget things. I'm 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 quite forgetful. <laughs> so, I'm admitting where I'm wrong here, right? <laughs> Wherever my shortcoming is. Um, so I had to early on put things in place to make sure that I showed up to places on time. That might be the calendar or whatever, you know, back then. Nowadays, I plan out every hour of the workday. On Sunday night, I sit down and I plan out every hour, whether that's meeting with you guys to have this conversation or uh, working on this particular project or calling this person who's kind of long-winded, so I maybe I need an hour for that, <laughs> right? Like, I plan out every every bit of my work week on Sunday night to make sure that A, it all gets done, and B, I don't have to then worry about, like, not fulfilling my responsibility to a client or to my family, right? Because if I'm, you know, having to work late every night because I'm catching up or I'm forgetting stuff all day, then I'm not getting home to my family, then they're losing out, or vice versa. If I'm with my family all day sitting at the pool and my clients are missing out, so, you know, I put these things in place to trick myself to make sure it gets done.
2: Hi, this is Joy Brandon. I want to take a quick time out just to tell you a little bit more about Axiom and the work that we do. We work with closely held businesses on strategic growth. What that means is that we come alongside the business owners, we help them get clear about where their business is going, and then we engage their leadership team to build plans for growth and then execute those plans. If you're a business owner and you're trying to grow or you're looking for future growth, or maybe you're just trying to manage the current growth that you have and you're looking for some help, you want somebody to come alongside you to give you the tools, to show you what accountability looks like, to build the skill set of your team so that you can step away from the business while it continues to grow, give us a call. You can find more information at axiomstrategic.com. When... Uh when Devin and I were talking about um, having you on the podcast, your name came up, and we we're like, "Chris would be great." Uh, and Devin was like, "Well, you know, I already knew that you were involved in the board of Parenting Matters, mm-hmm. and uh, through Katrina." And then Devin's like, well, he's also at Salvation Army Board. I know he's really involved in the community. Like, has that always been part of how you roll as a business owner? is that something that, where you pulled into those roles? Is something you went and sought? Like, what does it look like for you to be involved outside the office?
1: You know, giving back to the community is, is, is something I've always had. Even as a kid, my mom would drag me down to the City Gospel Mission, and we'd serve soup, and I would hate it as a kid. <laughs> you know, but it's always been something ingrained in me, right? Um, when I started... The business, I, I couldn't do those things. they weren't even a priority. Um, I was one of those people I, I, I've been in the line of the Salvation Army, right? Um, and so when business was was good and I had enough money to provide for myself, for my family, I, uh, I wanted to give back. I wanted to get back into doing those things. and so I started serving dinner at the Salvation Army probably 2012, you know, every week, every Wednesday night. And, uh, and, uh, and that was really the extent at that time of my community involvement, you know? It more or less checked that box for me, right? Um, Parenting Matters came to me, I'd say six years ago. I think I'm in the last year of my term. so I think it's six years ago. And they knew that I was involved, you know, just in giving back to the community. And they knew what industry I was in, and they needed, they had a need there, and so they asked if I would uh, join the board and i i didn't know what that meant <laughs> you know back then i'm like what, you know, what do you want me to do um, and I needed to learn more about the organization as well and uh, you know everything that I learned about the organization, about them helping parents and children, um, though it was parenting related, spoke to me a different way. It spoke to me about um, you know the upbringing that you have, and and whether or not you end up on the street. So, that, so there was a direct in my brain. There was a direct connection to your upbringing, mm-hmm. to whether or not you ended up, you know, uh, an addict or on the street. Um, and, and I st- I differentiate those two, Joey, because I I don't consume alcohol. I've I've never been a drug user, and I ended up on the street. And I had a good upbringing, right? <laughs> so like things can things can go right, and you still slip through the cracks, right? But uh, I felt that I could make a difference, you know, with parenting matters, and so I joined the board back then. Um, and then about three years ago, the Salvation Army asked if. If I'd be willing to serve on their board and
2: like, Hey man, you've been serving soup here for a long time. <laughs> yeah.
1: <man>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, honestly, was a dream come true. You know, um, I had kind of reached a point again where business is, was keeping me really busy now more on a managerial side than on a, on a do everything side. <laughs> um, and it was kind of hard to get there every single Wednesday and my office is in Sarasota. This is Manatee County. Okay. So it was It was a perfect fit, and you know to go from a guy in the food line with the Salvation Army to being on the board was was a dream come true yeah. um, and then about a year ago, they asked me to to take on the role as chair, so I've been there ever since
2: uh, I'm curious, like what have you found in both of those roles? You're obviously called to lead you know like you're, people see you as a leader and they're like, hey, we, we need Chris as part of our group." Uh, what have you been able to bring to bear? I think every business owner, uh, professional who serves on a board kind of brings – they bring something uh, to their board service. What is it that you would say you've been able to bring to your board service as an entrepreneur? Because we see a lot of attorneys, engineers, yeah. community leaders – uh, I'm always interested to hear from the entrepreneurs. Like, what is it about your entrepreneurial skill set that you're able to bring to the board to enrich that organization?
1: Well, you know, certainly, you know, marketing, uh, you know, my marketing experience and, and pu- promotion, public awareness, things like that. Those absolutely come into play every every month, every meeting. Um, but specifically with the Salvation Army, I, I'm able to give them look the people on the on on boards. Like you said, attorneys and doctors and stuff like that—they do things the right way. Meaning, they went to high school and then they went to college, right? They
2: got their degree, right? right? They got
1: their degree, they got educated, and then they went out into the world, and now they're giving back. Right. That's fantastic, and that's the way you should do things. I didn't do that, <laughs> <laughs> but it gives me uh, an insight that they can never understand, right? Mm-hmm. I'm able to tell them. Hey, we can make a, a real difference if we do this because the people in line are feeling this, and I know because I was in line. But you know, so I'm able to give them that insight where maybe they wouldn't have it any other way. Um, and and parenting matters is it, yeah. It's mostly mostly on the marketing side. Um, they had a lot of people that worked with with children and like teachers and things like that. Great folks. They didn't really have anybody to steer the ship for branding and marketing, and, and they wanted to
2: grow, and they are. They so, are. Yeah, they, they are. are. <laughs> Incredible success story. Yeah. It's amazing to see what that group's done. Shout out to, to Katrina Katrina, and her team yeah. there. It's been really cool to, to see all the success they've enjoyed. Yeah. Um, when we talk about... Um, giving back there's something else that devin wanted to make sure i asked you about and that's thanksgiving so tell us a little bit about thanksgiving and what that means to you and and why he would (laughs) want me to ask you about that
1: (laughs) so uh my my year in the motel i had uh i had thanksgiving i came up of course and uh i remember eating uh two banquet spaghettis you know the little microwave one dollar jobs you know what i'm talking about
0: not as good as the five dollar not as good as the five dollar
1: stouffer ones i had those too sometimes
0: or the hot and ready yeah that's that's where you're going i
1: got you um but yeah man i I was kind of having a woe is me moment you know um thanksgiving that that thursday friday saturday sunday you know you're most people are off of work and they get a time to relax. from being an as being an entrepreneur, like I couldn't go talk to clients on Thursday or Friday, you know what I mean. Right. So I just had this lull moment where I was kind of down on myself, and I'm eating these spaghettis, you know, I'm um, watching the TV on the rabbit ears, you know, whatever. <laughs> and uh, I had a friend bring me plates from Thanksgiving, and bro, it was like, it was like, uh, like I like I I'd, I'd been a castaway. Right, and I hadn't had a meal in in years and here was this plate of food. That's what it tasted like. It was so fulfilling. And the next morning, well, that night I went to sleep. I felt great. You know, and the next morning I woke up re energized. My battery was, was was recharged and I just hit it, man. Like I went I went out, you know, that weekend and started talking to potential clients. And so when the business grew, I looked back on that and thought, Man, how many people are in the same position that I was. Because when I lived in the motel, like I had a roof, right? I got air conditioning, I had some clothes, they were old and dingy, but I had some clothes. Um, but I didn't have Thanksgiving dinner, I couldn't sit around with family and all that. Um, and so I started feeding families for Thanksgiving, specifically families that are at the poverty line. Right. Because Salvation Army is feeding hundreds of people for Thanksgiving. And and there's other organizations that are great and doing Mm -hmm. the same thing. But what about mom and dad who, you know, they're not necessarily going to, you know, they got a nine to five, but they're like one check away. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a lot of people who are one check away. Um, What about them? Who's who's taking care of Thanksgiving dinner? Because, you know, all the trimmings and the turkey and everything, that's easily a 100 bucks. Right that's not always doable for a family of you know the average family with with 1.5 kids and a dog like right. that's a big deal so yeah i started feeding families for thanksgiving uh first year i fed 5 families last year i fed 750 people wow that's a so each year thank you uh each year i try to do a little bit more than the previous um this year hopefully i can feed 800 people wow that's, yeah, that's amazing.
2: I I gotta know, like, how? Do, what does that look like? How do you do that? So the first few
1: years, I would I would um, put them in laundry baskets, and the thinking there was, well, they could probably use another laundry basket, you know, whatever. Um, and so I'd I'd put a turkey and you know all the trimmings in, in the laundry basket and deliver it. Um, but over the years, I've I've learned a few things, and and one of those is that some people are in like transitional housing, right? Or and so. Well, Transitional housing, you may not have a stove to cook okay. a turkey, or you may not know how to cook a turkey, which is, <laughs> right. which is what I am, to a be honest. 28-pound what? What <laughs> right. do I do with
2: this? Yeah, it I, won't fit in the microwave. Yeah, right?
1: I wouldn't know anything about it. <laughs> um, yeah, it won't fit in the microwave, no. Um, so I started buying it uh, through Publix. And so, however many people I need, I order it, they pre-cook and shred the turkey, oh, okay. and then they put all the sides together, and now I just, I buy it and then deliver it to a number of different places. Do so you need
2: like a moving van?
1: To- I have used trucks in the past. It would be better. Last two years, I've done it in my car and just took trips. Okay. You know, but... Well, if you need a big pickup truck,
2: I got one. <laughs> yeah. i I'm, I'm let you know. I'm taking you up on that. Please do. That's, yeah, that's fantastic. So awesome. Yeah, that's really
0: really neat. I applaud uh, yeah, you. For I appreciate
2: that. that. That's great.
0: So you're building this culture around giving back at your yeah. company, and. And you're, you're obviously not just going in and telling your employees, like, hey, I want you to give back. Like, you're leading by example. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you are doing. So you are the chief giving back officer. That's but, right. <laughs> what else are you doing to instill this in the culture at your company? Like, how, how do you get your employees to buy into this? You know what? Uh, if they want to, to
1: serve any organization, you know, if they need to volunteer or they have an opportunity to volunteer during a work day or something like that, by all means, like, they can go do it. It's not going to be. It's it's on company time, yeah. so to speak, Love right? That. Because because I, I encourage it. Um, and that's something that, you know, I I imagine or I know will always be a part of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly as we've grown to the size that we are now, that's kind of happened alongside COVID. So there there aren't as many opportunities to go like, you know, I always had this this dream of like taking a team and we'd go do a five K or I'd watch them do a 5K, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and our matching shirts. We haven't really had those opportunities, uh, but one day I hope to. That's awesome. Yeah, man.
2: When you, when you talked, uh, so go kind of we're jumping around a lot, but going back to the self awareness front, I'm um, always interested in how different business owners kind of continue to professionally develop. Some join CEO peer groups, some make a habit of being plugged into either industry conferences or intentionally not going to industry conferences, trying to get kind of cross-pollinate. Some read a lot of books, some listen to podcasts. So what are some of the things that you find you go to to kind of stay sharp, sharpen the saw, find more blind spots, get better?
1: Yeah. Well, first, like I said, I'm a Christian guy, so yeah, you know, I spend every day with God. I spend a few minutes every day. Um, in terms of you know, conferences or, excuse me, um, expos or anything like that, I try not to. <laughs> I just and there's so much um, there's so much time dedicated to like flying to this conference, and you know, what am I really going to learn? Maybe one thing, maybe, but I could also. Learn that by you know following somebody on YouTube or on you know wherever, reading a book or sure. reading, listening you know, listening listen to a podcast. I do listen to a number of podcasts. Um, I'm a I'm a big Gary V follower. Gary Vaynerchuk. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, you go all the way back to his uh, wine TV days. Right? I didn't That's watch fun. Wine
1: Library TV, okay. but I did find him on Daily V like twelve or thirteen, very early in the yeah. Daily V days, um, and. He's a little crazy, right? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and he's, you know, he's doing way, way more than I could dream of, right? But I found a commonality in the um, aggressiveness of of outworking everybody, because that's kind of where, you know, when I started, man, and still to this day, I'm not the start the sharpest tool in the shed, right? I'm not the smartest dude ever. I did not finish college. I have no problem admitting that, right? But I would outwork everybody, like because when i when i quit the, the night shift job for example right and i did a gento full time i had proven to myself that i could work a 16 hour day and it was nothing it was easy right yeah. i could take a 4 hour sleep session do some work and then take 3 hours you know more 3 hours more of sleep and be perfectly good to go and so bro like when i moved into my, my office there was a competitor and I'm not going to tell you who. They're still in business. They're doing good. Shouts out to them. But <laughs> but if I was ready to go at 6 p.m. and their lights were on, I went back to work. Like, 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 I wanted to outwork everybody. They would turn their lights on and leave out the back door. <laughs> Sneak out, yeah. I mean, they're slaving away. Um, so I saw that, you know, commonality with, with Vaynerchuk because he was he was the same way. Um, certainly Damon John. Uh, Mark Cuban, you know, the things that they say, we, we, we're on similar wavelengths, and so I follow some of some of their advice. Um, but no, I don't go to the conferences or anything like that, and I've never been a great book reader. I'll start them. Joey, I'm going to finish your book.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, it's all right.
1: I'll start them, and I don't I'll finish I'll
2: tell it. you what I tell everybody else about books, and you can decide whether it applies to mine or not. And it's like the first third of the book is the reason the author wrote the book. Right? Really? The second third of the book was when they said, "You know, I, I think I should write. I think I should publish this, but th- th- it's too short, so I'm going to have to make it longer." You know? <laughs> and then the last third of the book was when they turned it into the publisher, and the publisher was like, "Man, this is too short. We need a little bit more, right?" So, <laughs> like, <laughs> if you finish the first third, you probably got. Now, sometimes they mix it up, and it's the middle third that oh, matters most. I see. Most, the the art is finding out which one of those thirds was the one that got him to write the book. Focus on that, and don't feel bad about putting it away early, <laughs> unless it's my book. You know, <laughs> I, I gotta finish it. You know?
1: it's still sitting on my desk. I play, It's the only book sitting on my desk, like because I'm not a, you know, I. Uh, and again, self awareness. Like I know that I'm uh, not great. At, like I'll start a book. Oh, this is great. I'm, you know, I'm into it, and then I'll find other things. Well, there's that I an find audible the
2: version so you can listen to it on audible i it's, did not know that uh,
1: okay there you go it's okay real quick no excuse now <laughs> yeah I, I will listen to it I'll put it on 1.1.5 1. 1. <laughs> that,
2: that <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: so, so a self-awareness question um obviously I, i'm sure with your employees you want them to have the same self-awareness that you have do you think <laughs> this, this is probably a philosophical question do you think that self-awareness can be taught or is it something that that person has to have, you know, a revelation, like what you have? I think it can be taught. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think it can be taught. You
1: know, the content that, that we produce, right, the people that we are, is directly related to the content that we consume, right? So if, yeah, if somebody's around somebody else and, and they're they're being preached to or I guess that's not that's not the term I'm looking for but they're they're seeing the example of somebody who's very self-aware and the benefits of being self-aware mm-hmm. uh yeah I think it
0: can be learned yeah so, so so somebody joins your company and maybe they're you know they're not at your level yet self-awareness or humility whatever you want to call it but they spend enough time with you they see you admit your mistakes admit your faults yeah. you know ha- recognize people who have strengths that you don't have and and you know, that kind of rubs off and you see them begin growing in those areas. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. I love that. All right. We were having this conversation earlier and that's why I wanted to ask the question because yeah. uh, <laughs> it's just, no, this is taking really good. Yeah. Right. This is, yeah. This, this podcast is more for just, you know, my benefit. Can go have coffee anytime. That'd Chill out. No, that's awesome. I, I, be, I certainly believe so. I, I guess
1: I hope so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even more. Um, you know, the, the, at least from a like a what you're good at, what you're not so good at standpoint, the people on my team are really good at what they do, and I don't ask them to do, you know, really anything. Like I don't ask content writers, like, hey, why don't you take a stab at this logo? Like I, I just don't. And they probably could do a good job, but hey, I just I know that they're great at this, and I want them to run with that. Mm. You know, so maybe I, I guess I see them growing a little bit. Yeah. That's a great question. <laughs> yeah.
2: It it reminds me, uh, if Devon were here, I'm gonna channel my inner Devin for a moment, he might appreciate this. Yeah. But uh we we've talked about this concept uh that was brought to our attention in a book called The Culture Code by a guy named Daniel Coyle, I think is his name. But he talks about I think that's the book, but he talks about the the need for a safe, connected future. When you're talking about building a good culture, so safe, I think is kind of what we're talking about here, where, hey, I've got a, a leader who admits their mistakes. Yeah. So it's safe for me to admit my mistakes. I've got a leader who recognizes that they're not good at everything. So it's, it's okay for me to admit to, to myself and to others that I'm probably not good at everything yeah. either. Connected in the sense that we're all here for the same reasons. We're doing things, we're pursuing this business objective or goal or whatever. Uh, because we're all motivated by the same things. And then future, like there actually is a vision for the business. It's not just show up and get a paycheck. We're actually trying to work towards something. Certainly. Uh, So it sounds like um, in the context of what you and Cameron are talking about, in times like being coachable and finding blind spots, that safety aspect is is critical to that. So I might like dive a little bit deeper and say like, can you put your finger on anything you guys do at Agento that helps create that environment of, of safety where people don't feel like they, they have to put on airs of always being good and can never admit, you
1: know, one, I, I guess me, right? I, I, I'm trying to do that as a, as a leader. Mod-
2: model yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, lead by example and all that. Um, I, I don't, I never ask them to do something that they're uncomfortable with. Right. Um, like I mentioned a minute ago, like I never ask a content writer to create a logo or, or, or vice versa or whatever. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's not an opportunity for them to, you know, say, hey, I could help with this or I could, you know, help with that. That certainly happens from time to time. Um, I think that, I think that, like you said, them seeing me uh, being able to admit my, my shortcomings, yeah, hopefully that opens the door for them to do that, but... Uh, off the top, I'm, I'm not ever going to ask them to do something that they're uncomfortable with. And I, I mention that when we're, you know, I have a very informal interview process, so to speak, you know, uh, when, I, when I brought people on. So, but it is something I bring up. I'm, I'm never going to ask you to do something you're, you're not comfortable with, you're not experienced with, ever at all.
2: How do you balance that with a desire to see them grow? You know, like you, you, you might hear things like, you gotta push them out of their comfort zone. You know, yeah. so maybe there's sometimes when you want them to be on the, like, how does that fit in?
1: I, you know, I've always felt that if if somebody wants to, you know, my video guy's been with me since I started, right? He was one of the first people I, I brought on, or I guess he was the second person I brought on. Um, and all he used to do was shoot. He'd just shoot film, he was pretty good at it, you know. But he's grown into you know somebody that can produce really great content from start to finish, mm-hmm. and he you know he's developed that in himself just by wanting to be better, uh, yeah, certainly, I gave him the opportunity like yeah, if you can produce this, I don't have to pay some outsource to do it sure. uh, you know uh but he wanted to be better at his craft, and so he learned it on his own, and now we're able to put those tools to use. Uh, and I'm very thankful for that. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, that's a great question. It, and it's something I think I need to be better at is giving them more opportunity to kind of spread their wings, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, to this point, it's always been, okay, well, this is a new marketing evolution. I need to hire that piece. Mm-hmm. Or there's too much content that needs to be written for these two writers. I need a third writer. It, It's just the way that it's always been, but that's a, that's a great point.
2: That's yeah. what we're here for. to
0: point out. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Hi, this is Devin Dash at Axiom Strategic. And we just want to take a moment to, to break in our episode. And first of all, just thank you for listening. And the second thing we want to inform you of is a special series that we're going to be doing where we want to answer your burning questions. If you're a business owner or you're a professional working for a business, and you have a burning question um, that we can put our minds to and and maybe help you you think strategically about, do not hesitate to to reach out to us. We're going to be putting together a string of episodes where we're going to be answering your questions. You can email us your questions at podcast at axiomstrategic.com or you can visit our website axiomstrategic.com, visit our podcast page, and there will be a form that you can fill out and get us your questions that way. I want to thank you again for listening and now back to the episode.
2: Going back to the kind of Gary V. He's in my mind, Gary V is the guy like, Hey, if you're willing to bleed from your eyeballs till three in the morning, you're going to be successful. (laughs) And, and and so I too uh, can, I pride myself on work ethic and just being able to get the work done. As (laughs) I get older, I get lazier. That's one one constant that I found, but um, how do you balance, as, as a man of faith and who wants to meet his calling to be a great husband and father, Like, how do you balance that? What have you done personally to make sure that that doesn't become an idol, that that doesn't become something that takes a priority bigger than you want it to have?
1: That's a great question. So uh, I would say at other points in my life, it was an idol, right? And And that could have been the financial benefits to it, or it could have just been the, the, the work ethic, wanting to be better, wanting to be, to, to be you know, the competitive nature of myself. It was an idol. Um, I, would, I would actually credit my wife, you know, of uh, giving me a reason to stop working at five, Right, Come home, have dinner, spend time with your family. Now, if that means, it, it, you know, I like to work more than eight hours. You know, If that means I need to get up at four, then mm-hmm. well, damn it, I got to get up at four <laughs> and get my workout in and then go to the office. It, you know, if, if there's a 10-hour day ahead, I need to come in earlier rather than taking time away from my family uh, to make sure that I get the job done. I would credit her with, with you know, pointing out that, hey, we're over here and we're or a priority too and uh and making me making me realize that um and but it also goes back to the time management right like right. being able to say okay well I still got to get this work done so let me wake up earlier
2: right. that solves the problem good stuff i like the uh i like the discipline of hey the evenings are going to be with my family yeah but I also really resonate with that. Like sometimes it all can't fit in, you know, the eight-hour package. Right. And if I got to get it before, I got to get it before. So.
1: Gotta get, yeah. If you got it. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever it takes. The evenings and the weekends. And, and but shouts out to my wife because yeah. Sunday I need an hour i got to sit down and plan the week so that all this other crap can get yeah.
2: done. Not, we didn't talk a lot <laughs> about that, but that is uh, – I, I first probably read about that plan the week on Sunday nights in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I think. Oh, yeah. Stephen Covey talks about the That's different right. roles you have and kind of each, you know what are your big rocks for that role for the week and put those on your calendar because mm-hmm. you don't put them on your calendar. It's something that I've tried to do uh, you know, if it's not Sunday night, it's Monday morning. I will say, if I do it Sunday night, I sleep way, yeah, way better. So right? much better. There's a big difference, and it's almost. I, you know, I think I've heard people talk about this. Like, you know, you can you can go to bed, and your subconscious is kind of figuring things out for you right. based on what you were focused on right before you you went to sleep. And I can say that it's funny how Mondays just kind of flow. If I've done the planning Sunday night, That's right. you, know, you kind of wake up and you get to the office and the thing that you are maybe not quite sure about, you're dead certain. Here's what I need to do. And mm-hmm. Here's the, the tack that I'm going to take on it.
1: And you have the energy to get it done because you were able to sleep yeah. you know, soundly through the night, which is another
2: important aspect. Yeah, again, one of those things that as you get older… <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Cameron's the baby. So <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's he's uh, he and Jaylee are their worlds getting ready to be rocked, so that's exciting. So he he'll be dealing with sleepless nights.
0: Oh, you got one on the way? Yes, we do. Doing December. Congrats. and uh, It sounds like I enjoy sleep a little bit more than you do, so <laughs> <laughs> you better get it anyway. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Appreciate that. Well,
2: let's let's shift gears for a second. Um, while this, the stuff you're sharing about what makes Chris Chris is huge, you're also a marketing expert, right? You're You're one of those guys that you have a deep level of expertise, and we want to take the opportunity while you're here to kind of pick your brain sure. in terms of what's happening in your industry. Uh, our audience is all small business owners and leadership teams, people who work typically in small businesses, and and my mom, you know, yeah, she uh, gets every episode. <laughs> but uh, so, where would you? You gave us some insight into your customer base. Uh, small business customers, like you're kind of right in the same wheelhouse we are in terms of what your right. clients work look like, what our clients look like. Uh, but what's happening in the industry right now? What are you seeing, and, and what are kind of the the tides that are that small business owners are dealing with now?
1: So, as you know, like every every business is different, every business owner is different, right? But based on the that business owners uh, where their head at, where where their head is at, right? <laughs> what type of person they are, um, I see them hesitant to expand their horizons into different platforms okay. right so for example you know i i've had people in my office talk to me about you know facebook is is really influential you know it can do this and it can do that it's so powerful and i'm like great so what's your budget going to be for your facebook campaign he's like oh you yeah, know it's not going to work for me <laughs> <laughs> like you just said it. it was like influence the election. That's powerful stuff, man. Like, what are you? What's going on? You know, they they have their mind made up, and and that may be because they've they've tried something before and it didn't work out. And then, then oh well, if I did it and it didn't work, then it it just can't work, right? They like, they just kind of give up on it, which I get. is There's human nature to that, right? Um, I see a lot of that, though. I see a lot of business owners not willing to to tried the new thing that, that may help them. You know, right now, LinkedIn is a really popular platform. Um, Vaynerchuk has called it, uh, what's the term he uses? Uh, underpriced attention, right? Mm-hmm. Which, to me, has just always meant that there's more people consuming the content than there are people creating content, mm-hmm. right? Facebook was like that. Twitter was like that. Instagram was like that. LinkedIn right now is like that. Mm-hmm. But I was with a business owner yesterday that could really benefit from using LinkedIn. And he was just like, nah, it ain't going to work for me. Now, to his credit, he was killing it on TikTok. So, you know, he's at least stepping out. But they're, they're they're not often willing to try the new thing, whether that means learning it and doing it themselves or hiring somebody like us
0: wait so killing it on tiktok for business purposes oh man he's killing it yeah all right tell us more about that (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah yeah
1: Shouts out to kevin hill yeah yeah uh kevin hillman he uh he has a an app called restflix and it's like calming uh sounds and visual visual content that you stream like you would netflix and i mean i'm a person that falls asleep you know with the tv on right like a lot like a lot of people so the idea is this won't keep you up at night or wake you up in the middle of the night this will help you relax and get to sleep it's pretty cool and tiktok I don't know if you're using tiktok I'm not man don't Joey get on that don't get on no, that I, night. Had get, I had to get off of it because it's too it, addictive. it takes it'll take up so much of your time man it is. yeah but you you scroll right so you're just sitting there scrolling and you won't fall asleep. You get sleepy, right? But yeah. you won't necessarily fall asleep. So this is an alternative and yeah, he's presenting that alternative to TikTok users. It's brilliant. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Okay. So for TikTok probably more B to C than B to B, I'm guessing. Yeah, mostly. Okay. Yeah. I mean you could B to B on it, yeah, but more B to C. Okay. I just had to because TikTok to me is a foreign land that yeah. I don't want to venture towards <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm just curious <laughs>
1: yeah it's, it's it is very addictive you know what I will say is it's a tool that entrepreneurs can potentially use to their benefit but I highly uh, recommend they not use for their entertainment right. okay. <laughs> like, okay. you will not get your stuff done yeah yeah.
2: But uh, I think you're you are in a field where you just says, like, they're they're reticent to move into new things. Right. Um, it's a lot different than it was 20 years ago. Like, 20 years ago, I'm dating myself, uh, <laughs> but I remember uh, talking to a guy who's a marketing... He's a former marketing exec for Procter & Gamble, and he clued me into how the pizza industry worked, you know, and, and Yellow Pages. And so... In the, in the in the olden days like Verizon it probably wasn't Verizon but say AT&T would show up at your pizza parlor and they'd be like so uh, you just opened your pizza parlor we want to get you in the yellow pages so we can drive business and they'd be like okay how much is going to cost me and they quote me this outrageous amount of money but when they when I've signed on the dotted line they gave me a phone number and they they would hang a blue telephone on the wall and then the Verizon guy or the MCI guy would come in, and he'd be like, hey, we want you in the yellow pages. And we'd be like, okay, well, how much is that going to cost? And he'd collect you an insane amount of money. He'd give you a different phone number, and there'd be a black telephone on the wall. Really? And so the business owner sitting in the pizza parlor is watching the black phone ring or the blue phone ring, and every time one of those rings, it's kudos to my, my – and it's very simple, mm-hmm. right? We talk to business owners nowadays, and it's like, well, yeah, I met with my – my uh, metrics company and they explain to me how I'm making money but I don't know they they could tell me how effective they are but I can't I don't see the phone ringing and and our sales are down Um, and you know if it wasn't I mean Cameron's Um, You know, we've had stories with business owners who are like, yes, I'm I'm doing billboards, right? Again, like very simple. I'm not saying they're not effective.
1: It can work, yeah. But there
2: are things that are very easy to understand and wrap your head around. And there's things like LinkedIn and Facebook and TikTok and, you know, others that are SEO that just in general seem like a black box. And so how do you... Like, what have you found is helpful? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of asking for us, you know, so like, how can, how can we you. go into a business owner and be like, hey, we need to up our marketing game. And there are some channels here we're probably not using. What do we have to, what do you say to convince them to, to take a flyer on some of these things or make it not seem like a flyer so it's a be easier investment?
1: Well, so th- th- there's a couple of questions there, right? Like, and before I answer it, I will say I hear this every day. Like I hear it every day from business owners are like, oh yeah, I've done this. I don't know how to read the analytics. I don't know how to make the decision based on those analytics. Or my marketing company is giving me these reports. They say they're doing a great job. I don't see it. <laughs> right, right, right? right. And and I want to be careful because I am not a salesperson. I, so this is not like a, a sales pitch or whatever. But uh, what I would say is, a track everything down to down to the phone calls. Uh, we implement call tracking a lot of agencies do Uh, but that means tracking the calls that are being produced from the campaigns not the calls that are coming in total right Right. so if you hand your business card to somebody and you generate business that has nothing to do with your digital agency right right? so they shouldn't be getting the blue phone credit (laughs) for that work so track everything that you can track and be over-communicative, right? Um, This morning I had a conference with a a client of ours, right? His phone calls are up, uh, his lead forms are up, everything seems to be good on the data side. And my first question to him was, are they tire kickers? Like, you know, we've recently made this change, you're aware of it, you know, the last three weeks is is a, a good measuring stick so far. What type of leads are coming in? Are they buying? Are they ready to buy? Are they tire kickers? And he said, "No, no, they're ready to buy. Great. But w- if if I don't ask that question, a lot of business owners don't want to ask a dumb question, mm-hmm. and they think, well, you know, he says he's doing a good job. I'm not going to ask. There's no way for for us to communicate to each other. Hey, these leads suck. <laughs> you know, right. they're calling, but they they suck." Uh, something needs to change unless we have that conversation. Mm. And so, hopefully, your agency head is telling you those things. Uh, but if not, start asking questions. Yeah. You know, there's nothing in your contract or agreement that says you can't call and ask questions. So ask questions. You know.
2: Well, uh, when you talk to your clients, uh, say like after their first year of working with you, like what does success look like? What, like the journey from day one with Agenda to day 365.
1: So it depends on what their goals are. And you know I've mentioned to you that I, I, don't, I never sell, sell, right? I don't ask for a sale. There's no sales consult, consultation. It's just a consultation. And one of the questions I asked during that consultation is, what are your goals for the next 12 months? What are your goals for the next 24 months? I, I want to know revenue-wise and other things. What are the goals that you're trying to get to with John Doe business? Uh, if that's an uh, outrageous number, then they're not realistic and they're probably not a good fit, right? <laughs> but if it's a if it's a realistic, achievable number, then we can talk and we can continue. Uh, success looks like getting to beyond that number. Like I, I want them to get to beyond that number. Um, when we partner with somebody, I, I want them to look back and say damn making that decision 12 months ago was the best decision i could have made for you know for my business um but in order to do that we have to have those those conversations like what's working what's not working you know things like that um and then it's a it's an every month every year thing i want them to look back uh, you know i don't put people in contracts i've, I've never there's no length of term or anything because I want them to, to be happy and to want to engage us each month, each year. And in order to do that, I got to be upfront and I got to be making sure that we're hitting those goals, right? And they're happy. So,
2: that's, uh, I again commend you for like <laughs> your focus on like what are the results that you're looking for? Yeah. That's how we're going to measure whether we're successful or not, whether we help you get. Them. But also, I, it. I mean, it's also wise on your part uh, to be willing to be like, oh, that ain't going to happen.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, 5X, yeah.
2: Five X, you know. I, I,
1: and and listen, I have had startups in my office. You know, they're twelve months in. What'd you do last year? Oh, you know, we did twelve thousand. All right, cool. What do you want to do this year? Three point five million. <laughs>
0: like, make it happen, Chris. <laughs> What's the budget? You know, like.
1: <laughs> so I, I've had those, um, and and the reason that I obviously don't take them on is because if they're unrealistic with their own business, they're going to be unrealistic with their expectations on us. And it's, you know, in any business, not just one like ours, like, you got to do business with with the right people, right? It's got to be a good fit for the proprietor and for the consumer, the customer, the client. So... I'm, I'm yeah. very, very picky about who we take. My,
2: my wife's quality of life is directly related to <laughs> what, what kind of people I do business with, right? So yeah. if you do business yeah. with jerks, then you yeah. know, usually the dinner isn't a lot of fun. I bet, I, I'm yeah. Not, I'm not a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> do you find that most of the you know, prospects you speak to that become your clients, are they coming to you saying, hey, here are the things I want to do? Can you help me do this? Or are they come to you saying, "Like I have no idea what I'm doing. I need a strategy. Can you help good put question. that in place?" Yeah, that's a great question. I would say
1: it's a it's about fifty fifty. Okay. Um, some people come in and they just they're just like, uh, "We're," you know. I had a consultation the other day. The guy said that they had they had done one point two each of the last three years, right? And he's like, "I I don't know why we're not growing. It, it's just the same thing every year, and we're, we're everything's good, but we like." We'd like it to be great. Mm -hmm. Um, And some business owners, you know, like him, they they know their numbers and they they know uh, they understand their business inside and out. Right. Other business owners come in and they're like, look, I don't know what I'm doing here. Um, I don't have the time to learn. This is where we want to be, period. Mm -hmm. Um, And those are the ones that are most fun. You know, because we get to create the strategy. It's a blank canvas. Yeah, yeah, and then execute, and and they're blown away by the results. Yeah. Um, not that I don't want the, the businesses who are good, 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 and they want to be great, and they know their stuff. So I want those businesses, too. Sure. Um, but they typically want things to go a certain way, and so they're a little bit harder to deal with. That's mm-hmm. okay. Um, but, yeah, the ones that just are blank canvas are so much fun. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, maybe last question is: What do you see in the next twelve months that might be particularly challenging for your clients that that you're in a seat to help them with? Hmm.
1: Particularly challenging for my clients. There's nothing challenging for my.
2: Clients. <laughs> <laughs> They've got me. No, 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 I'm kidding.
1: Um, you know, video has become even more prevalent today than it was twelve months ago and twenty four months ago, and it's going to be even bigger in twelve months. Um Unfortunately, a lot of business owners are camera shy, and for a few years it 's been like well that 's okay, we can do this a different route you know like i 've got this electrician client, great guy uh he's he 's got a face for t v all right i, I don 't mind saying that all right like he should do but he hates the camera he 's going to have to get over that like he they're going to have to do those things
2: and how do you see video in particular like what are the what are the evolutions in video that are happening is it shorter form content longer form content type of content like what is what do you see getting more traction
1: so first any content that you can create is great so if you're comfortable doing long form then then go all at it right but yeah, short form content, um, like YouTube, uh, what are they calling that thing? Reels or something like that, they just come out with that recently. Those short video bursts, uh, those are becoming popular. Obviously TikTok um, is, is going to only get more popular. Uh, Instagram has their stories platform. Uh, those things are gonna, they're here to stay. Okay. right? When they came out, they were kinda gimmicky. Mm-hmm. Snapchat, I think, was the first to do the stories, right? Um, it's here to stay. Uh, People consume, they want to consume content in 10, 12, 15 seconds and be done and move on to the next thing. And if you're not there, you know. And your competitor is. That's right. That's right. Well,
2: this has been great. Uh, I really thank you for coming in and and sharing your insights and wisdom with our audience. It's been fun. Uh, It has been a really enjoyable conversation. Yeah, thanks. Definitely. All right. We'll see everybody back here next week. Thanks. All right. So I did want to circle back. Uh, sounds like you guys were, I stepped out of the room for a side second. consultation. You guys, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you guys started the after show without me. That's good. Um, I want to go back to something that is tangential, maybe, but important. Uh, we're talking about the ability to see blind spots, right? Yeah. The ability to, uh, feel like you're in this safe place and that the, uh, the stakes aren't so high for admitting you're human right. that you'll, you know, Put on this false humility, Um, and it strikes me. You you said, "I'm a man of faith." We are. We all share the same faith. We love Jesus and and endeavor to do all we can to serve Him. Uh, Knowing, you know, and part of that relationship is understanding just how screwed up I am. Right? Right. Like, there's no pretending (laughs) that I am more than I than I am. Uh, because it flies in the face face of what that faith in him and what he's done for us means. So, it would seem like um, that that provides you a tremendous advantage when it comes to um, acknowledging blind spots. I'm not saying that Christians as a whole, you know, are humble right. and good at admitting their faults, but I do think that um, that it lowers. The, like I said, lowers the stakes, what does it mean for Joey to admit that, man, I'm, I'm a terrible boss at times. I'm a, I'm a crappy leader, and there's things that I, I'm horrible at. Uh, good thing for me that being a great leader isn't the most important thing in my life. Right? right? Like, What is the most important thing in my life? And if it's that relationship with my God, my creator, yeah. and and I don't have to perform for that relationship to be intact, I can rest in grace then man takes a ton of pressure off i mean talk to us a little bit about maybe that but and then into like how does your faith show up in your business and it does it and certainly um, how big of a part of the conversations is it with your employees like talk, talk a little bit about that
1: it's you know it's a huge part of our business on a number of fronts um Certainly the values and the morals of the, of the types of clients that we take on um, have to align with. And that's not to say, you know, if, if a Muslim guy comes in or a Jewish guy or whatever, we certainly engage them you're, as you're
2: well. you running marketing for the cheetah club. <laughs> right. That's exactly
1: my point. And they – never mind. <laughs> but, but, yes, we're not running running their marketing or anything like that uh, because the, the morals of the business have to align with, with what we do. Uh, you know, for me – I've given the business over to God, you know, my finances over to God. Um, and forgive, forgive me, it's in a book that I could, I can't remember who the author was. <laughs> but I read years ago that, um, you know, if you went to the airport and you got on a plane and, and you arrived in your destination, Cincinnati is where I'm from. So I arrived in Cincinnati and then my bags weren't there and I went to the ticketing office and I said, hey, my bags aren't here. And they say, "Okay, well, where's your baggage claim taken?" And I said, "What are you talking about? I left it in the lobby. Didn't you get my bag?" They would think I was crazy <laughs> because I never gave them the responsibility. I never turned it over to them. And the same is true with things in your life and God. You gotta give those things over to God and let Him take control of those things. So, you know, with my finances, I'm a, you know, I'm, a, I'm an avid tither um, uh, and very disciplined tither because that's what I'm commanded to do. Uh, and I'm giving that over to him, and so I don't have to worry about, you know, where the revenue is coming from or where the money is coming from, because that's for God to worry about. I don't have to worry about it. Mm. And so, as you said, the pressure of not having to worry about where rent is coming or uh, mortgage or, or whatever, because I know it's taken care of, now I can focus on other things mm. in a whole lot better of a mental state, because I don't have to worry about those things, Um Certainly, it's a it's a bit of a conversation within the business. Um, that's not to say every employee I have is Christian, mm-hmm. um, and there's no stipulation to sit down and have prayer time or anything like that. Shout out to the businesses where there is. Um, I am a firm believer that uh, I'm lucky to be in a country where I can be a Christian, um, and I'm free to be to to believe in Christ, but that means that somebody else is free to believe in Muhammad mm-hmm. and, and have that faith. And I'm perfectly um, um, understanding and agreeing with that, that they have that same freedom that I do and, and thankful that I have that, right? So um, it's not necessarily a thing within the company outside of the morals of the people who come into the company and the people that we do business with. Sure.
2: Yeah. When you, um, when you started Agento... Maybe this is a question we should ask. Is there anything that you said? This is your first company. Yeah. Starting?
1: Yeah.
2: Is there anything that you said? Uh, when I start my company, I'm going to make sure I do that or I don't do that. Or like, there any? Is there anything that, like in your mind where you're like? I'm not going to repeat a mistake I saw somebody else make, or I'm going to make sure that I do something.
1: Only on in the sense of. You know, I've I've been around businesses that weren't doing the right things by people from an integrity standpoint, um, and that's a that's a big thing to me is is doing the right thing when nobody's watching, um, and so yeah, I guess when I started when I started that was something in my mind. I'm always gonna overly, um, I'm always gonna keep my integrity intact. I'm always gonna do the right thing no matter what it takes, you know, by every single person I do business with or I come in contact with. Um, but, you know, I, I will admittedly say when I started my company, I wasn't starting a company. You know, I was just... You're earning a paycheck. Earn, yeah, pretty a, much. A variable
2: paycheck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 very tiny, too. <laughs> you know, that was, that was it. I, I wish that I could go back and, and do it. Actually, I take that back. You know, I always commend people for doing it the right way and going to school and, and, and doing it the right way and writing a business plan and all that stuff. Yeah. But if I'd have done it that way, I don't know that I'd be successful. Like, the stuff that I know today, I had to learn the the wrong way. Right. Like, I had to learn the, the, the hard way, and that sucked, but I'm thankful for it today, yeah. you know.
2: Well, I think, I mean, your experience, even though you say you did it the wrong way, uh, I can think through some of our most successful clients. And they're they're running 10 they're running I'm thinking four of them right now, all right? And so I will run through the revenues, 4 million, uh, 30 million, 23 million. Those are the ones I can think of right off my mind. none of them went to college. Nice. Yeah, and then and they got they got jobs, um and then quickly decided I want to do this for myself, and um, some and, and one of those cases, you know, that that was maybe a twenty, maybe fifteen year journey to kind of go out on on their own. Uh, in other cases, it was a couple of years, and they just decided, you know, I, I want to do this on my own. And um, I is I go so far as to say I've I've told this to a few people. Um, and it might it might have even started with, with like a Geary V <laughs> video oh, yeah. or something, but um, this idea you know the role of college is changing, yeah, very um, much especially as as expensive as it's gotten, and then um, you know what you see the skill sets you see coming out of a liberal arts education aren't what they were 20 years ago. Um, So I've said, you know, if either one of my boys or at least my little girl were to say, I want to go into business, I want to go to college to study business, I'd say time out. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll stake you, say, like 10 to 20 grand a year for the next four years, and you can start up to four or five businesses right. because I think you'll know a lot more about business at the end of those four years than anybody coming out of school. That's right. And, Better education. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I would say you kind of did it the right way. Like, <laughs> and you may have, um, you you, may, you did it the way that everybody's going to have to do it. That is to say, even the people who do it the right way and go to college they don't know jack crap yeah i mean they, they start their home yeah they still right? struggle uh, right? yeah yeah for sure for sure <laughs> i studied uh it was fun when i went to school i came out of school and uh went my dad talked to me and i had a, a one-year period where i was trying to decide whether to go to law school or not I decided not to do that i was going to become a financial analyst my dad said come work in my business it's like all right sure i'll come work for the family business and uh and somebody who had not graduated from college literally had to show me how to do everything. Well, the First
0: <laughs> six months, <into> it. <laughs> it was very,
2: very humbling. I'm like, I can't balance a checkbook, and I've got a college degree. You know, and so yeah, it's uh, there's there is no substitute for just having to do it. Yeah,
1: that's true. That's very true. And like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it, man, because it, it made me who I am, both as a business owner and and as a person. Yeah. So.
2: do you have? Um, like, talk to me for a second about, like, mentorship or, like, really influential people that have, have kind of helped you along the way. Have there been any names that stick out?
1: Yeah, Rich Waldman is a, is a dear friend of mine. Um, uh, shout out to Rich. He was at my wedding a few <laughs> back in December. Um, so Rich had a company like mine uh, years ago, years and years ago. Uh, and I ran into him at a, at a client's office, a, a law firm. And so we went out, had lunch or maybe dinner or something like that. And, you know, he was telling me about his history and whatnot. And at the time I, I was, oh, I don't know, maybe three years in, you know, I think I had just done my first hundred grand in revenue, right? Like I wasn't doing much. Right. Um, And uh, he's like, you know, you're doing a lot of good things, but you're, you know, if you did this, 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 and that, you would really, really blow up. And, I'm like that makes a whole lot of sense, but like, you're a brilliant. So I tried, you know, all of the things that he that he told me to do, and he never steered me wrong. Like, like, and so from that point on, we'd go and have you know lunch. We'd at this Chinese place, and every time I talked to him, just in conversation, I'd pick up just a little nugget, you know, that I could implement into my business, uh, whether that was from his days running a, a business like mine, or just in general, you know, being a business owner and. uh you know everything from how selective I am with, with the people I do business with to uh, the way that I handle hiring and employees. Uh, everything uh, I've kind of learned from him uh, along the way, at least uh, at least partially. And uh, so he's been he's been huge. Certainly, there's some others that um, you know that I won't name. I've, I've I've been around a lot of business owners, and I've learned what to do. I've also learned a lot of what not to do by being around a lot of business owners. So um, I I would tell you, I would tell anybody listening to listen to the people around them. Listen to everything. Consume as much as you can, um, especially from people who have been successful in business. You know, consume as as much of, of of, ask them questions. Even if you think it's a dumb question, ask them questions and get them talking and remember everything that they say. Yeah.
2: remember we were talking to Mike Thackeray a few weeks ago and uh, who was it that he and his partner, like they reached out to somebody else It it might've been, um, I can't remember, but basically like this older, wiser seasoned business owner gets a call from these two young guys and is like, Hey, like we want to come pick your brain about what it's going to take to be successful starting this business. and, he just – he had such a respect that these two guys would, like, step out of their comfort zone and be like, hey, like, can you tell us what we should not be doing and what we should be doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, you know, like, what do you have to lose? Exactly. What do you have yeah. to lose? Yeah. Like, ask those
0: questions. Watch what they do. All that. Yeah. Yeah, man. Anything else that you uh, – uh. You guys up for a five dollar hot ready after this? Oh, <laughs> <hell yeah. laughs> Man, I haven't had one in years.
2: There's one one more thing. Uh, so you have a, a practice of not doing business with people in the same industry in the same geographic location as an existing client. So if you're doing an AC company in Sarasota, you're not gonna do another AC company exactly. in Sarasota. So um, there, I, I can see kind of pros and cons to that. Like one, like if you, if, if you go to school and learn how to work on an AC company and what's relevant in the market, like why could you not, you know, help other companies be successful? But do you look at it as there's uh, there, I don't want to give away somebody else's secret sauce that we've helped them develop to a competitor. Is Exactly. That, okay.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, one of the, when the business began to evolve, one of the things I ran into a lot was that. Clients were or potential clients were working with, you know, ABC agency, right? And when I looked at that agency to learn from them, Mm -hmm. I saw that they had four or five of their competitors. And I thought, okay, well, how can they tell, you know, John Doe Plumbing that they're doing the best they can when AC Plumbing is across the street and they're also a client? They're telling them the same damn thing. And so for me, I felt like it was like foul, you know, to, to look somebody in the eye and be like, hey, we're doing everything we can when, when that can't possibly be true. So, yeah, we take on a, a client. We call them a, a partner. It's, it's a partnership. And I can't in good conscience take on that partner's competitor uh, and then, you know, promise to do the best I can for him. So we mark off a geographic area. And when their competitors call and they call. We turn them down, which con you know? Yeah. I, I, yeah, you might say, "Well, we're losing business," but pro that client of ours knows that we've got their back. Right.
2: Well, if I can see the side of it from a retention basis of like, <laughs> yeah, hey, if I am that AC company and I and I let Chris and team. Right. If, if i say i don't want to renew he's gonna be working for the guy across the street and now i'm competing against chris I'm, exactly man, i don't want to compete against chris <laughs> exactly exactly and i've
1: i've said that to people before. <laughs> you sure yeah yeah so
2: that's good stuff well thanks again man we really appreciate it's it been a pleasure i appreciate it awesome